Hello and welcome. I'm Pastor Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 68 I've titled, God's Call on Our Life. When we enter the presence of God, we are where we can hear Him and align ourselves to His will and way so that we can find out what God is calling us to do. To start with, however, we have to acknowledge John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. We always have to start here. Without God's love for us, and the action of that love revealed in him giving his Son as a sacrifice for our sins through his death and resurrection, for all who believe, we would have no future. Keeping that in mind, every believer has a gift and a part in the work God has called us all to do. Let's start with Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So I want to focus a little today on how we can align ourselves to the will and way of God. And the reason we need to do so is because by knowing more about God's will and way will help us know more about God's call on our lives. So let's open our heart and mind to the truth about God's nearness and allow our faith to be stirred in all the ways our Heavenly Father would transform our lives through encounter with Him. What I'm going to share, many of you already know, but timely reminders help. This was also the Apostle Peter's assessment as well. Let's read what he said in 2 Peter 1, verses 12 through 15. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body, because I know that I will soon put it aside, as our Lord Jesus Christ had made clear to me. And I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. To align ourselves with God's will, we first need to get aligned with his word. On this journey of faith that we are called to take, there's going to be times of darkness, uncertainty, and doubt that only God's word will light a pathway through. Psalm 119 verses 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Only God's word can cut through humanity's deceptive emotions and Satan's destructive strategies and get to the heart of the matter. Hebrews makes it clear in chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts 
and attitudes of the heart. We align ourselves with God's word because God is the one who inspired everything contained within the Bible. That's why it's called God's word. It is profitable for everything we need to live an effective life. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we are in God's word, the Holy Spirit reveals God's purpose and direction. God's word is our guide through the Holy Spirit's guidance, telling us what direction we should take as we read God's Word. So it's important to get ourselves aligned with God's Word and fill our hearts and minds with it in order to be responsive to God's calling upon our lives. So what is God's will and calling, and how can we know it? The answer is found in those things God has definitely called all of us to, and then finding out how we fit in with the specifics. Remember, God's calling always begins and ends with God. And so the first thing is to love God. To love God is actually at the heart of what it means to be a believer in Jesus Christ. It is the greatest of all God's commandments, and therefore it's the statement of faith for all Jews. It's known as the Shema, or hearing. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. It was with this very law that a Jewish lawyer tested Jesus, asking which law was the greatest, to which Jesus replied in Matthew 22, verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Then he continued in verse 39, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so God's call upon our life begins and ends with our loving him, with the whole of who we are, and then loving others in the same way he has loved us. We also know that Jesus fasted and Jesus prayed. While fasting and prayer are central for many things, including getting free from bondages, as we read in Isaiah 58, verse 6, and receiving deliverance in times of crisis in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, fasting and prayer is also used to gain spiritual insight and to receive God's wisdom for the direction we are to take. This is seen in God's call upon both the Apostle Paul and Barnabas as God's missionaries to the Gentile world. The Christians at Antioch fasted and prayed before sending them out. Let's go to Acts 13 verses 2 and 3. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. 
Adding fasting to prayer cleans out the junk and allows us to get connected to God where we can hear the still small voice of the Lord more clearly. This was a testimony for the prophet Elijah. For 40 days, he went without food and arrived at Mount Horeb. He went into a cave where he was able to hear God's still small voice over all the commotion that was going on around him. And the Lord gave Elijah directions to anoint Haziel as king over Syria and to choose Elisha as the prophet who would succeed him. You can read the account in 1 Kings chapter 19. Now, while prayer and fasting is a powerful tool, we need to be careful not to make it into some magical formula to gain God's favor. God cannot be forced or coerced. We still have trials and tribulations in this world, as Jesus tells us in John 16, verse 33. But when we pray and fast, God will strengthen us, giving grace, mercy, and faith for the journey ahead. David handled the many difficulties and problems he faced with prayer. Now, I'm not talking about the average run-of-the-mill problems. I'm talking about outright hostility by those who wanted to kill him, where he literally soaked his pillow with tears over what he was going through. But through it all, David not only prayed, but also worshipped and praised God. He sang about his problems and about his faith and trust in God to see him through these stressful times. The Bible says in Psalm 22 verse 3 that God inhabits the praises of his people. Praise is therefore more than the songs we sing at the beginning of a worship service. It's a way of life for every believer in Jesus Christ. God's purpose and call for our lives is revealed through obedience to his word, prayer, and submission to his will. We are to love him with our whole being, worship him, and be holy. We are to grow in our faith and serve God by serving others. As you can see, we aren't able to do this from our strength alone. But remember what Luke 18 verse 27 says, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29 tells us, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Seek God and his call on your life and you will find the presence of the living God as you meditate on his word and pray.